What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, turn on notifications, like and comment. Let us know what you think of the episode, if there's questions that you'd like us to ask the guest or future guest, or you have a show suggestion. We're always checking comments on YouTube and love to hear what you guys have to say. On today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Jim from Kershaw Knives, and I was really looking forward to this chat because uh, he's a truck guy, so I wanted to chat with him about his passion for trucks and then also knife designs and what he does at Kershaw Knives and some really cool new uh, knives that they're releasing. And I was really curious how that all fits together from an idea to you know something that's in a box or in your hand at the job site you know, or in your toolbox, how, how that works. So I'm really looking forward to being able to chat with him today. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Jim from Kershaw Knives talking about their new product release, his passion for trucks, and what goes into designing a knife. Jim, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. I always love talking about the truck lifestyle and all that goes with it, which a lot of times we're chatting about trucks and builds and diesels, but then, you know, our passion for motorsports and other things that go along with it. So, you know, having the opportunity to sit down with you today, talk about Kershaw Knives, talk about what you do there, talk about your passion, you know, for trucks is going to be really exciting. So welcome to the Diesel Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. I always like to start, um, you know, people are going to be familiar with, with Kershaw Knives. You guys are very well known out there. But, you know, today we're going to be really jumping into kind of what goes on behind the scenes and in, in designing, you know, a knife and putting it all together. Um, you know, how did how's your, your, your passion or your interest, you know, in this kind of industry, how did it start? How did it lead to working at Kershaw and doing the, the really cool job that you have there? You know, it, it's I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging or anything, but I'm one of those lucky people that kind of got to have my dream job. I mean, from when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, I, I, I was I was into pocket knives since I was six, seven years old. I mean, I have scars on my fingers from splitting <laughs> my finger open on Christmas morning with a new knife. I, I used to read all the knife magazines and literally would go down in the basement with a jigsaw and a bunch of wood scraps from my dad's in my dad's shop and would make replicas of <laughs> these these fancy custom knives that I neither could purchase or afford if I was even allowed to at, you know, seven, eight years old. And, you know, it, it was just this passion I had. And as I, as I got to be older, I went to school and drawing pictures, one of the few things I was ever any good at. So, um, got a degree in industrial design. I was lucky to kind of fall into a career where I could make a living doing that rather than just trying to be an illustrator, an artist, which is a tough way to make a living. And my first internship was with Buck Knives actually. So right out of college, I started in the knife industry and spent a few years away from it uh, after being laid off during 2008, like many other people were, and then was lucky enough to get a second bite at the Apple and was able to get hired on in Kershaw in 2010. And I've been here ever since. It's very cool. So, I, I, there's a lot of a lot of people that are listening that are truck enthusiasts that are going to identify with that because I, I would play with like the Bigfoot monster truck and then that graduated to oh, yeah. the magazines and then it was going to races and all those all those things. And I always thought back, man, man, I would love to have a career somehow either talking about being involved with doing something with something that I love. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always I've always loved trucks myself. And, you know, a little later in life when I finally got one. But I mean, <laughs> There were many years of matchbox cars and models and different things, you know, building the building the gosh, the old testers models of the, you know, the 73 square body Chevy and stuff like that. 
I was always the guy or always the kid that had the leftover parts when I try to put those together. <laughs> so I always missed a few <laughs> things, missed a few things here and there. I did want to talk about trucks a little bit because you know, before the, the podcast, we were talking a little bit and we have so many listeners who are fans of older ones, newer ones. There's always some story or something. And, you know, the, the truck you have, it definitely kind of harkened me back to my childhood. So I wanted to ask you about that truck. What, what drew you to it? What was the interest you know, or the, like the personal connection that you had with that particular one. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause I mean, I, the, my, my truck that I have is a, it's a 79, it's a 79 F one hundred and fifty. one of the first years for an F one hundred and fifty rather than the old F one hundreds. And, um, it's bright orange. <laughs> it's a, it's a two-tone orange and cream. And which just is, that's probably the nicest feature of the truck. It's, it's kind of it's kind of an everyday farm truck. It's uh, it's a two wheel drive, um, single cab long bed. It probably doesn't have a perfectly straight panel on the whole thing. Um, and when I got it, it was I think I paid five hundred bucks for it. Bought it off a guy, and it was beat. I mean, it had been living in a field. Um, it had turns out I drove it around for a bit, not realizing that there had been a a mouse that had lived his life and died inside of the the heater core. Oh. <laughs> and so when I went, when I, when I went and pulled the whole heater core out front of the dash and emptied out the big, the big air box, um, there was an entire shoe box full of mouse droppings and fluff and bits of the seat that he'd pulled out from underneath and carried into there. And the mouse himself, um, stuck to the heater core. So wow. <laughs> <laughs> there were some, there were some interesting things. I wouldn't call it a restoration, but, um, you know, it, it polished out beautifully. You got to love old original paint. And um, I, there was, I mean, I didn't know when I got it. I drove around for a few days without realizing one of the actual front springs was not just collapsed, but broken. So the truck had kind of a funny sag. And when I finally went and replaced that, I went, oh, that, that was good to know. <laughs> so, but it, I don't know. It's, it was my first older vehicle. You know, I'm a little late in life for that, unfortunately. And so it, you, you suddenly appreciate all the wonderful things about an old truck. I mean, yeah. parts are cheap. They're easy to work on. I'm not a great mechanic. I'm lucky to have a couple of friends that have helped me out with a few things that were above my depth, but most of it is simple. I mean, you need to replace a thermostat. You need to, you know, replace the radiator. I learned how to do drum brakes. You know, there's just, there were a lot of little things that added up to make the truck much more drivable and much more usable. And it's just, it's become my baby. I've become very attached to it. They're, those older trucks, they have so much character. When I think back to being a kid, I would see those trucks or the old square bodies or like the C10 yeah. style, and I didn't think twice about them. But now being a bit older, I see them and there's so much character in the lines and the way that they sit in the the, the cabs, the interiors, and it, it ultimately is that simplicity that yeah. uh, you know draws people into it. And same thing happens with diesel trucks is you know, a lot of people are looking towards the older ones because they want that simplicity and it's something you can yeah. work on you know in your garage with with some friends versus a newer one you need a snap-on scan tool and you need to know how to navigate you know the computers yeah. and everything like that yeah. and that was one of the things that when i was thinking about chatting today that i saw you know, really linked when i think back to an older truck or just something we're passionate about into the knife world because i'm relatively new to it maybe a couple of years and the design of them, I don't quite know how to explain it, but sometimes I will see, I see a picture of one or one in person and I just look at it and I know I need to buy that. And I put it in my hand and I can feel how it feels. And I, it doesn't matter what it, what it costs or anything like that. I need to have it. And a lot of 
the truck stuff is like that as well. We see a body style, yeah. we see a color combination. And I wanted to learn more about you know, what you do in Kershaw Knives as far as that development, where the idea comes from, you know, for a new design or, you know, what kind of handle material or opening mechanism, blade still, what color is it going to be? Where do you guys come up with all these cool things? I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge because if you think about it, knives are one of our oldest tools. I mean, they've been around forever. I don't tend to think of what I do as being, I mean, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I don't tend to think of a lot of it as innovation. You know, a lot of times we are trying to come up with something new, some way to, some way to change the way it feels or the way it looks or the way we dress it up. Um, so, I mean, it's, it is a challenge for sure. Trying to come up with new ways to make the knife interesting and exciting and I think that's that's part of the fun of it is you're you've got a limited toolbox and how how creative can you get with that um so i mean process wise you know we we start on paper we 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 sit down and we talk as a team about kind of what's doing well and what's not and how could we improve things and then we sit down and we sketch and we physically sketch i you know i part of my job is to draw for a living and once we get an idea that we're happy with we look at it with the team and kind of make a decision and then we start developing it in SolidWorks. So we literally go from sketch to scanning it in the computer and tracing over that sketch and making the necessary changes. And as a designer, you try to get it as close as possible because you don't really want to change your vision more than you have to. But there's always a certain amount of change that occurs when, it, when you turn it into reality. But that's what excites me. I mean, yeah. I, love, I love having a sketch. I love having an idea. But when I can actually make my sketch into something real when I can achieve that. And it's not just an idea on paper. I've done something I, that actually is cool and we can still make it. That's, that's, that development is what excites me. I imagine too, once it gets to that form where say you have a prototype and, and maybe people are handling it and you get to see their reaction, because one thing I found, whether it's a tool, a truck, a knife, is it becomes part of our daily life and it becomes almost a sense of comfort where when yeah. you fill it in your pocket or you use it, it's just like this happy feeling you get, even if it's you're opening a box or just doing something or you're showing your friends. So I imagine that's probably a very rewarding side of it is you do the sketch, it's you know, machined, you get it out there and just getting feedback from people. Yeah, I mean, I imagine as a truck guy, you understand the feeling of having a good tool. Yeah. You know, we've all had crappy tools. We've all been young and poor at some point in our lives and had things we want to improve of. But when you have a tool that just works right, that fits in your hand, that does what you need it to do and, and makes your, makes your job easier. You know, that's a beautiful thing. And a knife is the same way. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how you, you talked about, you know, you, I think we talked about a knife you had pr purchased previously that you'd been really unhappy with. And it just, it just didn't fit your hand and it didn't, fit yeah. the, it didn't, you know, just sits in the box, yep. but getting something that actually works with your lifestyle and works with you and you, I think sometimes just something that you don't have to, I mean, I've bought, I've bought things in the past where particularly like hard sided wallets and things like that. I, they, these cool aluminum wallets look amazing, but they clank in your pocket and they bang into everything and it just didn't work for me. Yeah. I found myself changing my lifestyle to make the product work. And we would hope that, you know, when you get one of our knives, that it's something that just integrates, that it's something that works for you. And you don't find yourself having to make compromises to make it work. It just does its job. It's there when you need it. And it's, comfortable and light enough that you kind of forget about it when you're when you're not working with it it's not bugging you it's just there to support you yeah that's that's one of the things that really you know stuck out to me a lot is that i was a customer first and, you know i bought a few of them 
Um, and I noticed how well they integrated just in having on me or sometimes I'll just look at them and I'm like, I love the lines of this. I love the inlay, you know, on this handle. I love the quality of the opening mechanism. I, I just, I get attached to it. And then I start to look around on the Kershaw site and I, you know, look at different things. And I, I've always wondered like, how does somebody come up with this idea? Because you'd mentioned that you don't necessarily think it's innovation, but it, it, I think it is because it's, yes, it's a, one of the oldest tools we've ever had, but what people are looking for changes, what we want and how it feels is probably different. Like when I think back to the knives, say my father had, it's entirely different than what I have. Um, yeah, that's what, you know, with the different materials, but it, it, it you know, it appeals to me. So I, that's the, I think that's the side of trucks and knives that have always kind of pulled me in is, I don't necessarily want to say the art of it, but I think the function and the art may be combined. It's just, I don't know, something oh, yeah. appeals to me about it. You know, this is something I struggle with because I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what are hobbies you have, but I, I get into, you know, I'm obviously into knives. I'm into trucks and cars and I'm into the gun industry. And there's a lot of people that they just, function is important and function yeah. is crucial. Function is really the most important thing at the end of the day. but when you see when you see something i mean like say a truck that that's just ugly i mean it doesn't work for you and and i i don't know what it is where i don't know where we draw that line because a lot of people say i don't care what it looks like as long as it works but most people really do it's on some level have to at least be attracted to the design of the product yeah and so that's one of the hard parts of being a designer is you don't want to let your aesthetic vision make it less functional and you have to balance that but I'm a firm believer that if the product is attractive and functions well, that you need both of those things to have a product that's going to sell and be popular. Do you see with the design of them or what appeals visually to people, has that changed a lot throughout the years? Say in today's knife buyer versus one 20 years ago or 10 years ago, is it, is it vastly different or is it pretty similar? It, it has changed some. I mean, I think that to be honest with you, we, the, the simpler, more traditional, cleaner designs tend to be the ones that have the holding power. Like you'll, you'll, you'll have radical wild designs and we love doing that. Of course, you know, the designer, you love doing something crazy and exciting, but they tend to be more polarizing. People either love them or hate them. And so there are a lot of things that end up being what we call a middle of the road design where you're really trying to make it attractive and beautiful, but appeal to the largest portion of the people that, you know, the, the highest part of the bell curve. Um, and that's again that's the challenge is how do you how do you make something that's unique but still marketable to most people i mean i i hate to sound i hate to sound like that but at the end of the day you want people to be to actually buy the product and be excited about it and want to use it and so that's that's a difficult balance but um i wouldn't say we're as traditional as like the guitar market where people want they just they made it like this in 1959 don't change it yep <laughs> you know we're, we're we thankfully people actually do appreciate upgrades and steel technology upgrades and metallurgy and comfort i mean you know there are old designs that worked really well and there are some designs that weren't necessarily ergonomic and there are things that we've learned and ways that we've improved and i think knife customers are much more open to those kind of things but at the end of the day what really sells are still fairly traditional designs that was it's something i think in the truck market that can be so polarizing when 
I, I Chevrolet just recently did a, a redesign of their 25, 3500s. And you, know, you yeah. look on Instagram or Facebook and people have, at least what I see on social media, they don't like it. They like the previous body style or same thing with yeah. Ford or, or with Ram. And so there tends to be this, I don't like the new design. I like the old one. And then a couple of years later, everybody has one. So it, it's, it's yeah. kind of a little bit rigid that way. And so I've always, I was curious about that with knives. If, you know, it was similar or different and, and, uh, it's just something that's interesting is appealing to people, um, you know, visually and then functionally, you know, as well. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, that's, that's, that, that is definitely part of it. And the truck market is very much like that, right? I mean, you, we have an idea in our head of what a classic pickup truck looks like, and we don't necessarily want to stray too far from that, but we don't want to be boring either. I mean, that's the, that's the difficulty. I mean, I, I don't envy car designers because that's such an aggressive, polarizing, yeah. difficult market. You can't please everybody, and it's there's so much work that go, that gets and in, goes into it, and then people might just hate it. I mean, I see a Chevy, and I just I want to see. <laughs> I, I think it's cool. I, I think some of the new styles are cool, but gosh, I just want to see a bow tie roughly centered on the grill. Yeah. Even electric cars. I mean, you know, that's 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 the wrong topic for this because I'm, I'm and I'm not I'm not preaching at all. But it's like one thing I notice as a designer is like you see these electric cars and they don't put the slots in the grill. Yeah. They have this smooth front and it just my brain can't handle it. It's like make it look like a normal. That's a that's a really good I point. Mean, I, I have done episodes um like with EV podcast hosts and enthusiasts, and it's been one of the things we talked about was and I think this ties in with knives and trucks and everything else, is I said, Hey, this is great. You get this instant torque, it's coming on really quick, but there's one thing people are gonna hate, and that's there's no sound. And that's yeah. something with a muscle car or you know a truck. You love that oh, sound. It's like how do you how do you blend those two together? And I think that's where, like with knife design, we were talking about is you see it, it appeals. You hold it in your hand, you use it. It's nimble. You forget you kind of have it in your pocket. It all fits yeah. together so well. Well, it, it feels fake, right? I mean, you, I think they've even tried electric cars where they they make a fake engine noise. Yeah, and I think as a culture. You know, when, when you, you walk around and you, you, you know, we, we wear jeans that are pre-distressed and we walk into restaurants that are made to look old. And I think as a culture, something we don't realize sometimes is we crave authenticity. Yeah. And, you know, an electric motor is cool and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what it does, the instant torque and the power, but it doesn't sound like a Cummins. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have that authenticity. It doesn't smell like a Cummins. I mean, a, or a Duramax or, or a, you know, I mean, it, it's just, it just isn't, it isn't the same thing. And that's, that's very difficult to replace. And I, I don't think you really can. I mean, that's why, that's why you love these things. It's, it's, it's not just about, well, you know, I could, I've got, I've got 650 foot pounds of torque and uh, it's, it's, it's more about the feel and the, and the experience. And I don't know, we just, I think we miss that. And I'll tie that back into knives and probably. <laughs> well, that's, um, I was just going to do that. Cause I was thinking when I look at the Kershaw product line, I see authenticity um, and usability. So I, it seems like that's a, that's a cornerstone of what you guys do is appealing to the authenticity of what your customer is going to want, what they're going to need, and then delivering it to them in different packages. Like that's what I love. I, I spend a lot of time on that website and I'm looking at different things and, and it's just like I get, I, I kind of get overwhelmed because I want 50 knives. 
you know, I got to you know, bring yeah. it down to five or something like that. But I find that utility there and that, uh, that authenticity, which I think sticks out with a brand, whether, you know, it's trucks, knives, you know, anything else. Yeah. It's really important. Well, the advantage of collecting knives is you can have 50 knives and they all fit in a shoebox. <laughs> you know, start, start collecting acoustic guitars and you start running out of closet space really fast. Yeah. Trucks trucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> start getting into big garages I really want another truck and I don't have a place to put it. I, I really, I want to get something a little nicer than what I have an old, an old truck that's in a little better shape and maybe a four wheel drive. And uh, I just, I should have done that like five years ago when the market was not what it is now. Oh yeah. It's but where you put it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, I think I just saw one. I don't remember the website it was on, but it was an 85 blazer with 18 miles on it. And I think it went for $125,000. And I thought for someone who's an enthusiast to that, you can't get any newer or any, any cleaner than something, something like that. I just see, I just see these bump side Ford high boys going for 30 grand on bring a trailer. And it just, makes me cry because i know i can't afford it <laughs> oh gosh i should have bought one of them when they were you know three or four thousand dollars yeah yeah that's it's, it's definitely should have a... could have would have yep well i i know that uh I, i'm signed up for you guys' newsletter stuff and i saw that you guys have a bunch of new releases we do. coming up here and, and i wanted to ask you about you know, in this release, what should I look out for? What should I definitely pay attention to? As somebody who's kind of new to knives, but I'm, you know, I know what I like. I, I know that there's, you know, maybe a couple different designs that really speak to me. What should I look out for? Uh, well, we have some, we have a bunch of new stuff this time. We have, we have a brand new mechanism. Um, well, I mean, when, when is this premiering? It's going to go pretty quick. So it's going to go right when you guys launch it. Okay, so I mean, do you want to look at some of the new stuff? Yeah. Let me pull them out. So this release, we're going to have oh, a bunch of, bunch, bunch of new things. It's kind of exciting, actually. We're going to have a new mechanism. We're going to have a new fixed blade. And we're going to have a new automatic and a style that we've never done before. And it's been a long development process, but we're super excited with the result. So starting off, why don't we start off with the kind of the elephant in the room here. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting excited yeah. for the first look here. So this is our first out the front automatic. So Oh I need that. This is this this is a uh, this is obviously a double action automatic which for those of your your viewers who may not know um as automatic knives go you have your traditional side folding yeah. automatics which you know that the majority of the market is that. And then you have you occasionally you'll find what's called a single action automatic where you press a button and it opens and then you have a charging handle or something that pulls the blade back in and resets it. Yep. And this is what's called a double action automatic, which is more popular, where the mechanism actually opens and closes the blade for you. So I, I, my camera is just not doing this much justice, but this is called the Model 9000, and this is made here in our U.S. factory in Tualatin. And you know we have we have a spear point blade. Um, stonewash finish, 20 CV, so a, a high-end powdered steel for the for the blade. Um, we have an anodized aluminum handle with a reversible deep carry pocket clip, and a really comfortable feel to the button. And the one thing I, I I can't really show on camera is how smooth and easy this is to open. Yeah, it looks this really is smooth. That we actually had to put the brakes on a few times and say we need this action to be better. We want this to be something that 
one of the one of the challenges with without the front knives is this this can be very stiff to open and so we we got it to the point where people with smaller hands people with weaker hands can still open it and the one thing that i keep uh, that my my poor receptionist is going to hate me but uh, <laughs> our receptionist has arthritis and she's to the point where she has to wear braces on her hands and she can readily open and close this knife every time and that's cool when we saw that we kind of went i think we're there yeah so this is the model 9000 um it's called the live wire i'm just kind of screwing around just open it with my index finger now but it's you can see very easy to open and close and so we think this is going to be really popular we're really excited to launch this so i have wanted yeah. one for a while and i noticed what you said about the, the mechanism being tough and that's really what held me back from buying one was just it felt i just didn't like it it's it's a lot of money when it's when it's going to be uh when it's going to be difficult to open for sure yeah um i used to collect these when i was younger and i had a bunch of them and they're they're just always cool i don't know there's something special about them so then moving on the next big release something we haven't done in a while is our new zt fixed blade so this is the zt6 and again i don't this, I'm just going to share all the information because I, I don't know how how well your 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 viewers and listeners are are versed in our product. But when Zero Tolerance started as a brand um, in the mid 2000s, one of the first knives was called the ZT9 bayonet, and it was a seven and a half inch blade. It was like you know, an inch and a half longer than this, and it was a quarter inch thick, and it had it had this big mechanism on the back, so it would fit on an M4. Um, it, okay. had, it had the it had the guard on it, but it had the big ring in it to fit over the flash hider, and then it had the little the clamp on the back to fit onto the the bayonet lug on an on a on a Colt M4, and it really cool, really amazingly overbuilt knife, really fit to what ZT was at the time, but it was it was very heavy and very bulky. I mean, quarter inch thick, seven and a half inch blade is a massive, heavy knife to carry around, and so this. ZT6 is meant to be kind of a, a in along the same lines as that knife. I mean, it's, this is a redesign, but it's 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 definitely in that family. But with a 3/16 inch thick blade, it's it's still very beefy, but it's but it's much more manageable, much more reasonable weight. We have the same kind of OD Green G10 scales that that hark back to that old knife. Um, heavy oversized hardware, putting it all together. We have a we have a we have a steel butt cap and we, I'm sorry, a steel guard and a steel butt cap. And then we have a clear, what, what's actually a clear Cerakote finish on this. So even though it, it looks like kind of a medium gray, yeah. this is actually the, the raw bead blasted steel. And then it's been Cerakoted with a clear finish because this is a CPM M4. So M4 is a non-stainless tool, tool steel. So it actually will rust if it's not taken care of, which is why we give it that clear coating so that helps prevent rust okay. on the on this really basically it's a steel that you can beat on you can abuse the kind of things you would do with a fixed blade i mean when i have a folding knife i generally people tell people like please don't pry with it don't try to bore holes with it we don't want we don't want to see people unlock the mechanism and get hurt fixed blades are made to abuse you know if you're going to do i don't want to say dumb things but if you're going <laughs> to do you know difficult hammering on it beating on it just tasks like that, fixed blades are, are made for that. I love so, G10 handles. That's one of my favorite. It, 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 it's just something about the feel of it that it completes the the feel of it. And these are a full grip. I mean, I've got a fairly large hand. And you can see I've still got some extra room on here. So this will fit yeah. big hands. 
and it's it's a smooth G10, but it has these this heavy this heavy texture on it. So it's a nice combination of having a, a solid grip, but not sanding your hand to death if you're not yeah. wearing gloves. Yeah. So it, it gives you enough texture that you will you can grab it with gloves, but it's not it's not going to get you. So it, it comes with a Kydex sheath. Um, it is it doesn't go in both ways, but it is reversible. So okay, it's got that primary retention there, which is holds it in, and then we have a secondary retention with the the snap strap. And then if you take out these two screws, you can either shift this whole thing downwards. So what that does is essentially it lifts it up and you carry the knife higher on your waist, or you can reverse it to the other side for the left-handed people like myself. And that also allows you to go either way, higher okay. low carry. Oh, that's cool. So that's the ZT6. So another we're big US release. We're two for two with what I'm going to be buying this week. So. <laughs> I, I'm in the middle of the podcast. Sorry, my bad. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry about that. That's right. <laughs> HR comes calling. Um, so, yeah. So those are two two of the most exciting new releases we have this year. But um, as I said before, as a company, we do we do USA products and we also do import products. And so... One of the other really exciting things we're doing um, is um, our new. Um, we're calling it a Dura Lock. So this is this is a this is a this is a crossbar style lock. Um, in this case, this one is this one is called the Covalent. Um, we have a uh, we have a glass filled nylon handle on this one to keep it nice and light. We have um, obviously the the crossbar lock, which is really comfortable and easy, ambidextrous to use. Reversible deep carry pocket clip that folds around the back of the handle, and a nice texture down in down in these pockets that that gives us secure grip. So this one opens with a flipper, and we have several other models in this lineup that also operate the same way. So we have the covalent, and then we have to pull these all out first. Excuse me. I like how smooth it opened. I look like it was, it was a really smooth opening. It is. It's actually this is this this one's running on ball bearing washers. So the uh, it has it has thrust washers inside of the inside of well on either side of the blade, and that makes it just effortless. So smooth and effortless. So then we have the covalent. We also have the monitor. This one also has a has a flipper on it, and same kind of just easy, effortless action. This also has the glass-filled nylon handles. These both come with CPM D2. I'm sorry, not CPM, uh, traditional D2 steel. So it's a little bit of an upgrade. And glass-filled nylon handles. This one has a G10 texture on it, so it feels like G10, but it's it is glass-filled nylon. And again, reversible deep carry pocket clip. This one has a little bit more of a tactical feel with a black finish. Yeah. Spear point blade. And then we have two more. And again, if I can find them in, in my kit here, <laughs> I have to start pulling everything out on the desk, which is what I should have done in the first place. There we go. So this one's called the Iridium. I think this one's going to be very popular. This one is a traditional thumb stud opening, again, with that with that Dura lock. 
Um, and again, what's hard to see on camera is that we worked very hard um, with the factory on these ones to make sure that these were nice and smooth. So it releases smoothly, the action is very smooth, it opens and closes just effortlessly. And so this one has a crowned aluminum handle. It's got a nice subtle contour to it. Um, and we have an aluminum backspacer with that with that orange finish to give it kind of a pop. A nice, again, D2 blade, but with this, this cool satin two-tone finish that just sparkles. And yeah, a reversible deep carry pocket clip. That one that one really jumps out to the eye with the, the color combination and and it, that would be something I see it. I'd, I'd pick it up and then I'd want it because I like how it looks. <laughs> exactly, and that's but but it's also very comfortable. You know, we yeah. talked about this. It's like one of the more challenging things to do is, as a designer. This was this was one of our this was our other designer who did this one, and I'm 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 kind of proud of him for what he, he accomplished with this because it's it's difficult to do where you you have something that's relatively simple and clean like this, but is also attractive and comfortable. So yeah. it's it's almost harder sometimes to have less detail. So that one turned out very well. And then I can get the last one out of here. Here we go. This one is called the Heist. And again, we have a glass-filled nylon handle with a with a with a subtle texture on it. This small, it may not show up very well on camera, but it's a nice small texture, but it's very grippy, very comfortable. And again, nice size, D2 blade, full width flat ground. Well, fully flat, flat ground, not full width. And that that Duralock mechanism, um, reversible deep carry pocket clip, stonewashed finish, and just again, this one's a thumb stud opener and very smooth and ambidextrous. So, I mean, either hand just works. Yeah, I like that one too. I I, I love how they're like the the last uh, last couple you showed me is that's something I could carry. One of the things I struggle with is. If I'm going to be doing, you know, physical work all day or, you know, I'm in the shop or something like that, I don't want a lot of extra weight on me. I, I want to feel, yeah. I almost want to forget it's there. And those just, they look like they carry really well. That's the difficulties. I mean, there's a part of you that says, well, you know, glass filled nylon, plastic, I'd, I'd rather it be metal. But again, it's it's difficult to, when you can't handle it, I, I just have to, it, the weight, is it's such a difference having this really light comfortable knife and it's it's got enough heft that doesn't feel cheap yeah um we do have full steel liners that are that are backing up this glass filled nylon so it's 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 firm it's rigid but it maintains this really lightweight that that again it's kind of what i alluded to before is the a really a good knife and a knife that carries well but will be something that you'll kind of forget you have until you need it yeah i mean it, there's nothing more frustrating than having a product that you you use and in the process of just having it on your person, it's just bugging you all the time. You're having to adjust it or it's mm -hmm. clanking on things or it's too heavy. And that's really, for me, for an everyday carry knife, that's always my goal is how do I make something that you can forget about it until you need it and then you're happy to have it and you're happy to use it. A lot of, I think a lot of our listeners are going to, they'll identify with that because we think of other items. You know, you think of like an all steel handgun carrying around something at 45 ounces versus you know, something at 24 or 26, that's a huge difference in the comfort of your day-to-day -day life. Absolutely. And then you extend that to, okay, what kind of knife am I going to have? How heavy do I want it? Um, how, how easy is it to use? And so I think you guys hit it out of the park with, 
with all those designs. So I, I jotted down some names of them. So when I can go on the website and buy them, I get a, a you know, get a nice little package in the mail, but that's, that's really cool. <laughs> I, that's what I love is just, I, I love to see the utility of them, the design, and that's it's something really unique. And, and I think in chatting with you today and understanding a bit more about the process that you guys go through to come up with this utility and then also aesthetic appeal. That's what really you know, kind of hits a home run in the marketplace, which is the same thing for trucks, the same thing that drew you to that 79, you know, and what's going to draw you to another one. The same reason I'm drawn to a particular body style of truck is it's comfortable. I like it. It's, I don't know. It's just it, it, you develop that personal connection with, with, with something and then it sticks with us. Yeah. So on now, when you guys have this release, um, what is the best place to see? Because I'm sure you guys got a ton of stuff and, and a ton of different things going on. Is it jumping on the the Kershaw website and checking it out, and then you know following you guys it on yep. social media? Yep. yep. So we'll, if you if you find us on on social media, we have we have accounts for both Kershaw knives and and ZT knives, and then you can also find us. But all the information will be at Kershaw well at KershawKnives.com or ZTKnives.com. Very cool. Yeah, I'm going to definitely uh, set a reminder for when these things launch and then uh, <laughs> when the episode's going out, place my order for them. It was really cool to chat with you and definitely, um, you know, in the future, you know, let me know if there's a cool new truck you get or, you know, what your plans are. It doesn't yeah. have to be diesel. It's just the trucks in general. That's why I was into gas trucks and older trucks before I was ever into diesels. And, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of us have different different kinds of them and just love talking trucks with people. So it was yeah, absolutely it was a really cool to chat with you today and, and learn more about your story and about Kershaw knives and then all the work you guys have put into these designs. And I, th- I think they're going to be a huge hit. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw knives. You can um, check out their website, jump on Instagram, Facebook, be able to find um, all the stuff we just chatted about today. Also other products that they have. And don't forget to use uh, the discount code that they gave us. It's diesel 20. You get 20% off site wide. It's a great way to save some money on some really cool gear, whether you need something for hunting or fishing or something to throw in a toolbox, or maybe you're a knife enthusiast and, and uh, you want to add to your collection. Um, we appreciate our friends over at Kershaw knives offering that discount code just for you guys. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen, a 23 diesel, Caleb, John, we appreciate all of our, 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 all of our Patreon supporters, all of you who are on Discord, subscribe to us on podcast apps, YouTube. We love hearing from you guys, love hearing your ideas for shows, um, the questions that you ask, and you guys are the reason that we do this podcast. We're really looking forward to 2023 and a lot of cool shows we're going to be bringing you. And if you have an idea, if there's a, a product, um, a part, a turbo, transmission, a guest, a race that you want to hear about, Make sure and leave a comment on YouTube, or you can send us a message on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email us at info at the Until next time, keep the shiny side up.